Season 5, Episode 2, recorded December 12, 2019. Welcome back, Hilltop Hoopers. We're here. Last time we talked, we were undefeated, coming in at 5-0, and starting the out-of-conference play. We're going to talk about the, the four games that have happened since last time we talked, um, but one game in particular, for sure. So let's start with the uh, garbage games, let's get the, if you will. Let's get the good stuff out of the way first, and then we'll get to the, to the uh, but they're, they're so good. All, they're good stuff, but they're also garbage. So, so the first game, home versus the Hartford Hawks. This is the first slice of bread in our Thanksgiving sandwich. This was Wednesday the 27th. And uh, not a big crowd. This was, it was, it was really cool, though. I mean, props to SMU for doing this. If anyone was up there uh, at the game, if you are like me, sitting in the second level, they said, you know, if we got a lot of space, if you want to come down and sit in the first level, you can. Come on down. So that was pretty cool. I've never seen it before. I mean, we didn't because I had my, my two of my boys up there, and it was uh, just madness. But I, I've never seen them do that before. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a, a, a nice gesture, especially the night before Thanksgiving. I, I had to miss this one. We were in Arizona for Thanksgiving weekend. Such a traveler. Just always jet-setting. Jet-setting with, uh, with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Thankfully, they, they were well-behaved on the flight. But uh, yeah, I had to just do the recap and the highlights of this one. <laughs> Again, my kids were not well-behaved because we had snow cones. We had the uh, pink lemonade for Eli and the blue coconut for, for Briggs for all of you out there looking for flavors. All right, so uh, we'll we'll skip over the details of this one. A ninety to fifty eight SMU win. Uh, two players with double doubles on the night here: Ferran Hunt and Tyson Jolly. Ferran Hunt with sixteen points, ten rebounds, and Tyson Jolly fifteen points, eleven rebounds. We got KD coming in with sixteen and eight, pretty close to a double double. Same thing for Mike with fourteen and nine. And then uh, we got Ethan with eight points, as well as Mr. Smith with nine. And one thing you like, Alex Tabor. Three-pointer at the end of the game. Yeah, Tabor, Alex Tabor finding his way onto the, the score sheet. He was a He's a walk-on that we talked about at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season. Uh, good shooter from what we understand, but yeah, good to get from, some From of the, the limited minutes we've seen so far. From the limited yeah. minutes, but good to see some of the end-of-the-bench end guys getting some, uh, some action here. SMU shot 50.7% from the floor and 48% from three in this game. Dropping so those specific stats. I like the decimal points. Hard to lose when uh, when your percentages are that good. Yeah, and rebounds, we almost doubled them. It was 46-27. Only six turnovers for SMU, and SMU never trailed, which they shouldn't have. So it's good. They didn't. All right, so the bottom half of the Thanksgiving sandwich, Friday the 29th. Home- Is it bottom half? I don't want that. Okay. Top half, bottom half. Okay. And actually, I'm going to step out real quick. I'm going to go jump behind the computer. I couldn't go to this game. I got a stomach bug on that Friday, and I had a really long day. But it was really cool. So this is this is so bougie right here. There's a service where instead of going to urgent care or something, someone will come to your house, a nurse will, and give you an IV. Have you heard of this? I have, yeah. that uh, I've never tried it. How did it go? Oh, dude, it, it got me over the hump with that with the uh, the bug. I got, got it. Double dose of Zofran. Life was good, man. Excellent. Okay, well, let's, let's take a quick pause. I'm going to get Elliot over here behind the mic so he can tell you about the ACU game. We're going to have a, a double date with Elliot and his wife, Stephanie, and it ended up being a single date because they didn't want to be around me. All right, so it's the Kyle and Elliot show now. Uh, let's talk about the Abilene Christian game, a 70-59 to SMU win. 
Elliot, give us your thoughts on on the game at Moody. You know, I think it was a really great game. I was kind of disappointed there weren't a lot more people in the stands, but just like in the previous game that y'all talked about, uh, there was an invite to move down closer. Uh, we did not because we actually had some pretty good seats, and it's, in my opinion, I like being a little bit higher so you can kind of see the the movements more uh, kind of from the air. Uh, but it was a really good game. I think we we stayed ahead really well. It was the, the greatest fear is just kind of like, oh, no, they're getting close. But we did pretty good, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, SMU shot 62% in this game and won the rebounding battle 33-23. to 23. Uh, 15 turnovers, though, on the night for SMU, so not so good there. How was the crowd? Was the crowd into it? The crowd was definitely into it. I think it uh, it helped that the, you know, the Abilene crowd was actually quite a bit loud, so there was, there was a bit of an incentive to compete in terms of the spirit, bringing the, bringing the SMU spirit in. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a game that's, that, that'll bring a lot of fans for, at least for Abilene Christian, who actually made the NCAA tournament last year, uh, surprisingly. Another fun fact about Abilene Christian, their head coach is Sonny Dykes' brother-in-law, for those of you that follow uh, SMU football. So fun fact there, but uh, leading scorer for SMU on the night was Tyson Jolly. Uh, Kendrick Davis, 17 points, 10 assists, another double-double. And Ferran Hunt, another big game with 17 points and 10 rebounds. All right, thanks for Elliot for uh, stepping out of his comfort zone there. I kind of put him on the spot with no warning, so uh, just en- enjoyed the game. And, yeah, it was kind of a, a quiet night, and it's weird. So I grew up in Commerce, Texas, and uh, A&M Commerce, which used to be East Texas State, uh, would always play Abilene Christian. The Lions. The, Lo- the Lone A&M Star Commerce. Conference. Yeah, they got that big old lion head on the uh, national champions two years ago, man. That's right. It's a big deal. So anyway, let's go to our, our third game we're talking about today is home versus Northwestern State Demons. This is the, the second time we got to play them in the last two years. Tuesday, December 3rd. So I got to the game a couple minutes late. Um, I was here on, on parent duty with the kids and got there a little bit late. And we're several minutes of the game, and we were only up by four points. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is the 10th worst team in the nation uh, you know, per Kempom at the game, as of that day. And man, it was just sloppy. There were just turnover after turnover. And there was there was a sequence going back and forth where both sides, it was like straight just repeat clips of Shackton a fool. Something like something you see JaVale McGee doing on Shackton a fool. I mean, it was just sloppy. Um, one thing I did like, which you got to be careful with this, is seeing Kendrick Davis take charges. He, he looked almost like a... Um, like a less floppy version of J.J. Barea. Like, he, he's he's selling them, but he's also, he's taking the charge. And I like that he's willing to take the charge. I like seeing that early in the season. Yeah, absolutely. The J.J. Barea comparison is funny, because I always say J.J. Barea being so undersized in the NBA, it's, it's just, it's always... Uh, it's almost a lazy comparison, just because he's short. But I wouldn't call it lazy, but but anyway, Thank yeah. You, it's, you know, as we know, I as I said in, the, in a prior episode, that Kendrick Davis was mentioned by the coaching staff as the best on-ball defender that this team has. So, yeah, naturally you're, you're going to get that kind of effort. But, but again, it's Northwestern State, and you try not to draw too many conclusions from a game like this. SMU up 35-17 at half, ends up with a 77-51 win. Yeah, and for the game, like I said, it was sloppy. We're shooting you know, right over 40%. Um, but then our largest lead was 30 points. Individual stat, we got Mike with 16 points. We got Ray getting 14. It's good to see him getting some PT. Um, obviously not dominant, but you know serviceable for sure. And then we got Hunt with 10. And then all five starters had at least six rebounds, which you love to see that kind of balance 
And we've seen it a lot in the last couple of years with our traditionally smaller guys still getting boards. But Yeah, I think one positive from the stats is that the <clears throat> rebounding has been pretty balanced. And I don't know if that says more about the guards. Like we've mentioned, we've mentioned Tyson Jolly's ability to rebound as a guard. Or if that says more that the the big men are not rebounding as well as they should be. But anyway, five starters with six rebounds. Talk about uh, the bench. Two Talk guys about the off bench. the bench. Yeah, yeah Manuel Bandamel, 10 points, five boards, shooting seven of nine from the floor. C.J. White also with 15 points. So, again, not used to seeing some that, production. Man. I dig it. The, the opponent being what it is, but anytime those guys produce, maybe get their confidence up a little bit, it can't hurt. Yeah, so talking about confidence, we're 8-0, and oh, um, but... But, and big but here, um, this is the weakest conference. I think it was actually the weakest yes. schedule at, at that time in the country. After the Northwestern State game, that's correct. SMU had the worst strength of schedule of any Division One team, which... That's janky. That is, yes, janky. Very appropriate. All right, let's get to the, the, the meat of the episode here. Uh, this was the big test and uh, Saturday, December 7th home game against Georgetown. So let's set the stage a little bit. This is the second game of a home and home Uh, SMU went up to Washington DC last year and beat Georgetown up there. And I remember that was a surprise to some people. Georgetown actually had a lot of hype last season. They did not have as much coming into this game. Well, they had a good season last year. They did. They had a good season this year. They started five and three, they did win at Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. so nice road win there. But they, they were by no means a world beater of a team. I think early pre, early season polls had them like a middle-of-the-pack Big East team. So this is an absolutely winnable non-conference game for an 8-0 SMU team, or and, so you would think. And we have some additional excitement because we unveiled the Dallas jerseys, which just looked fire. I'm saying this while I'm wearing the Triple D sweatshirt I just bought at the Barnes & Noble on Mockingbird. Uh, but I, I thought the jerseys looked great. Yeah, and that absolutely. was one thing for the I, night that looked fantastic. I, I, I think the between obviously the the football jerseys were just phenomenal. And yeah, yeah. I I'm not surprised they decided to do it for basketball. I know there were a lot of issues with okay, you're rolling them out in a non-conference game as opposed to a conference game. But yeah, I agree with Brent. I think they they look great. The team's performance did not match up to the. Dallas uniforms, the crowd that was there, yikes. And just the the start of the game really just that set the tone for the whole night. It didn't really change from there. So at the very beginning of the game, Matt McClung on the other side is hitting up two straight threes for Georgetown and eight minutes in the game. What was it about eight minutes? What was the score, Kyle? Twenty three to three. I mean, what do you what are you gonna do at that point? <laughs> Yeah, I figured out pretty quickly. I, I unfortunately did not catch the game live. Watched the replay to get some, uh, just get some notes down here. And it, it, this was just a, a disaster on every level. You had defensively SMU's inability to just get through screens and and contest outside shots. Offensively, yeah, I get that a lot of shots weren't falling, but I. One thing I learned is that, and and I think th- this is an indictment of the coaching staff as much as anything else, but. They just did not adjust to the fact that their outside shots weren't falling. And I think that's been a characteristic of this team the past couple of years is yeah. they're just too one-dimensional. They they want to be able to shoot threes, and, and that's fine. That's the way college basketball is now. Mm-hmm. But when your threes aren't falling, you have to have other options. You have to have a good 
structured, crisp offense. And obviously, it's much easier to do that when you have Shake Milton and Jare Foster. And, and Nick Moore. And, and Nick Moore. And, and when you have the talent. But I, there are going to be more games this season when this team is going to have to manufacture points. And they they did not show that against Georgetown. 49-29 to 29 at halftime. And you if you're an SMU fan sitting there at halftime, you're, you, you know you're not winning this game. Yeah. Can, can you make it respectable? Georgetown maintained a double-digit lead through the second half. I said the answer to that question is no. The answer to the question was no. This game was never close. Georgetown wins 91-74, and that was after an Isaiah Mike three at the buzzer. Well, let's look at the shooting percentages. So we got we got Georgetown shooting over 55%, SMU shooting only 35 and that's what happens when you're settling for bad shots. And yeah, you don't exactly. Have a crisp offense. And, and I the mean, first half, SMU 6 of 30 from the floor in the first half. That That's the story right there, in, yeah. in my view. Uh, leading scorers in this game, Kendrick Davis and Farron Hunt, each with 17 points. Tyson Jolly, 16 points. Isaiah Mike, 11 points, 8 rebounds. I mean, again, the yes, scoring's pretty balanced there. But uh, the bench, Everett Ray, C.J. White, Emmanuel Bandamel. So the, the other frustrating thing about this, too, is really in a game like this to only be able to play eight guys. Yeah, eight-man rotation in that game. And then you got, I mean, you got Bandamel shooting two for seven. You got Ethan... One of eight. It's just um leaves a really bad taste in your mouth going forward with a couple games before we get to conference play. I I really could not take anything away from this game that left me optimistic for conference play. And look, Ouch. <laughs> that's that's the truth. I mean that that's not sugarcoating anything. This is really the first time this season that SMU was matched up with a team that had similar or even better athletes and. There just isn't an inside presence. He, Ethan Shagwa, as much as you like his game on offense, uh, he's not a true post defender. Hasn't been since his freshman year. We all know that. And I know that he can be better, too. I know it, man. I mean, and and last year, too, before the year started, I mean, they bulked him up a lot in the offseason, but still just, just not a, a very strong defender inside. And that's what's frustrating as a fan is, is you heard this narrative come out that he was getting stronger and improving and you just that that just hasn't seen or maybe it's happening in practice and off the court it's just not translating for Ethan in games so what's the solution then is it going to be uh JC coming in I I think it has to I think it has to be Isaiah JC Isaiah JC is going to have to be the second coming of Jordan Tolbert for for this to work uh, which is a tall order because Tolbert was freaking dominant yeah, so, and we'll, we'll see when, when he gets in the game. But going forward, I think if you're a fan looking at this, you can think about the Georgetown game one of two ways. Number one, they came out flat. They couldn't recover. It was a one-time bad performance, but the issues in the Georgetown game are fixable. And I like the way that sounds. That sounded really good when you said that right then. Again, I I was trying to find something that said, okay, if you were to take the optimistic perspective. Sunshine lollipops, Bubba. Yeah, if, if you were to be a sunshiner, I think that's what you would have to argue. You add Isaiah J.C. to the lineup, does that fix your interior defense issues? Do you clean up some things on offense and figure it out? Okay, so stop being polite, start being real. What's okay. the second one? The real story is that this team is what the preseason narrative said they were all along. And the preseason narrative, you remember, was a 7th or 8th place team in the AAC that feasted on an awful schedule to get to 8-0, to, to pad some wins. 
you're staring at a conference with Memphis, Houston, Wichita State, Temple. Yeah. Um, UConn looks like they're better this year. Maybe they got some good juju from their move to the Big East. I just got nauseous hearing you say that, but yeah, okay. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, Cincinnati might be down a bit, but they're always tough. Uh, USF potentially in the mix. So where does SMU stack up against that second tier of teams? Again, I have said all along, and this has not changed, that you're still looking at a fifth to sixth place team at best, I think, with the with the current state. With phase. playing better than we did against Georgetown. Yes, absolutely. So, again, I think you just have to see how the players and coaches respond. And there's still a lot of the season left, I think, but but you just have to have it in the back of your head that the this team is not going to exceed expectations. And based on the NCAA's rulings, we're not going to get another player either. Yes, that is true. The other news uh, that trickled out was that Darius McNeil's waiver was declined. And we got uh, the appeal denied. going right now, right? I think. Yeah, it's under appeal. This, but, this whole you know. NCAA thing has just been such a mess, though, with these waivers and. Estupido. I yeah, estupido. I I don't I don't envy these kids or the coaches having to deal with this. All right, moving on. Um, next game will be at Georgia in Athens, uh, Friday, December twentieth. But I think most SMU fans. Uh, eyes and ears will be on the the uh, bowl game the next day. So I'm going to guess with your travel privileges, you'll be flying, you'll be at the game in Athens, and then you're flying to Boca Raton. You know, I actually kicked the tires on on a couple itineraries that would allow me to do that. But uh, yeah, I got got two kids and we're traveling for Christmas. So still, still they, TBD. They don't have to go. They don't have to go, Kyle. <laughs> still TBD on that. That would be a fun weekend, though, to, to do Athens and Boca Raton back to back. Uh, next home game is Monday, December 23rd against Georgia State. So you get Georgetown, Georgia, Georgia State, back to back to back. And Kyle, I'm going to be real. Maybe may be well for next time we talk on this podcast because I'm on the January docket for a trial in Florida. I'm told I need to be ready to travel out there on 48 hours notice and start the trial. So we'll see when the next time we record is. Sounds good. So stay tuned, SMU fans. Just keep following the team. We'll be back with you in 2020, and we'll keep it real high level from there. All right, so please check us out on the Apple Podcast app or on SoundCloud. And shout out to that man who ain't mean, he just focused. Elliot Mayan on the ones and twos. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Whenever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you in 2020. That's janky. That is, yes, janky. Very appropriate.